Everyone has a story to share, but not everyone has a great story. The difference is that a great story simply never dies off. There's always that one story that stands out, and that's your one-upper. The One Upper Podcast is for all you dreamers and doers that want to be inspired, educated, and expand your appreciation of travel through other people's awesome stories. By the end of this episode, don't be surprised if you find yourself packing your bags, booking your flight, and chasing that next great story to tell. What's up, everybody? This is Mitch Young, and you are listening to the One Upper Podcast. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last two years, you probably noticed that parts of the world are still shut down to minimize the spread of COVID-19. What this means is that there are still a lot of countries out there that are dealing with lockdowns, or they're just simply keeping their borders closed to international travel for the time being. I just think this really sucks, to be honest. But I shouldn't complain too much because there are signs that things are changing. The most recent news is that the USA finally opened up to Canadian travelers last week after the border was shut down for 19 months. I get it. This may not be big news for a lot of people out there. But the latest is an ongoing reminder that travel is making a comeback. Traveling is not what it used to be, and we do have to put in a lot more work into planning our trips, especially to demonstrate our COVID-19 status. Personally, I don't mind putting the extra work because we get to travel again. Now that we have that freedom, what I can't stress enough is that we really need to seize the moment before it's gone. I say this because whether we like it or not, COVID is not going anywhere anytime soon. And if we don't take advantage of traveling right now, we could very well find ourselves grounded again. Now that I'm fully vaccinated, I'm taking full advantage of my get out of jail free card by getting myself to the UK and France at the end of this month. You have no idea how happy I am about this. I'm playing it cool on the surface right now, but deep inside, I am doing backflips because I finally get to disconnect from my daily life in Canada and I get to head off to Europe to enjoy a new adventure. Now that I have my sights on traveling and with more borders opening up, I'm just curious about where people are going to and what they're doing. So checking out pictures and videos that are posted on social media is always good fun because every post tells a story. What I can't help but notice though is that most of the posts focus on feel-good moments. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to be a killjoy right now. I enjoy these stories just like everybody else because who doesn't like a picture of a couple holding hands at the top of the Empire State Building or a picture of a person taken in the views from the Bali Swing in Indonesia or even a video of giraffes joining a family for breakfast at the Giraffe Manor in Nairobi. In my mind, these posts are so significant because they help us focus on the beautiful experiences this planet has to offer. And in this day and age, the world definitely needs more of these. But unfortunately, these are not perfect times. This brings me to my point. What I don't see too often on social media are posts that include obstacles we encounter during our travels. I know they're out there, but you just don't come across them all that much. Common travel problems pre-COVID included getting lost, language barriers, or even dealing with a major case of jet lag. With COVID in the mix, oof, those who are not taking it seriously and who are living in the past may encounter problems that could escalate if they're not well prepared enough. I think we can all agree that life is much more complicated these days. And with that being the case, we may find ourselves falling short more often that may lead to some unwanted situations, so to speak. 
come on now, let's take a deep breath and be real for a second. Making mistakes is okay because we're only human after all. What I can't get over is that a lot of people try to hide their mistakes and pretend they never happen. Not this guy. It's not because I have no shame. I just believe the best stories come from embarrassing situations. I'm one that likes to turn adversity into an opportunity. And the opportunity in this case is to share what I learned from my mishaps to not only better myself, but to help others avoid making the same mistakes I made. If I had to share an embarrassing story that has nothing to do with COVID, I'd go with the one when I found myself in a very unpleasant situation when I visited Istanbul in Turkey. Before we kick things off, the reason why I found myself in this uncomfortable situation, I was simply unprepared for the experience I signed up for. All right, so here's the story. There was a point in my life when I lived in Cape Town, South Africa. This may be a surprise to a lot of you, but I was studying law at the University of Cape Town. Why I was pursuing an education in South Africa and not in Canada? Well, this is just for another time. What's relevant to the story is that the Christmas break was coming around, we were wrapping up the semester, and I had to prepare for my flight to Saudi Arabia. Visiting Saudi Arabia may not be the first choice for many of you because of the country's social etiquette and strict rules, especially back in the day. But my parents were working in Riyadh at the time, so I took every opportunity to fly to the kingdom to go visit them. And on top of that, I got to see friends from all corners of the globe, and I got to enjoy the holiday season surrounded by blue skies, palm trees, and just good company. So I was in the midst of booking my flights from Cape Town to Riyadh, trying to choose the airline to get me to the Middle East. What I couldn't help but notice were Turkish airline commercials on CNN that included tourists that were always so happy, running along the beach, enjoying the nightlife in Bodrum, and visiting all the highlights like the Blue Mosque and the Grand Bazaar. After seeing these commercials, I was sold. I thought it'd be a great idea to fly through Istanbul with a connecting flight to Riyadh. I, I even chose the route that included a 17-hour layover to really enjoy what the city had to offer. What you have to understand is that it was December, so the weather in South Africa was sunny and warm. I'd say the temperature would go up to roughly 25 degrees Celsius, and this would be roughly 77 degrees Fahrenheit for my American listeners out there. The weather in Saudi Arabia was roughly the same, so I assumed that the weather in Istanbul, which was a short flight away from Riyadh, would have similar weather. In hindsight, I should have checked the weather channel, but for whatever reason, I just didn't. When I took my Turkish Airlines flight, I think I was wearing a white t-shirt and khaki jeans with a hoodie, and I just kept thinking about how awesome my layover was going to be. Those thoughts were completely shattered when I landed into Istanbul Airport. You can imagine my surprise and major disappointment when I stepped off the plane and I found myself in a snowstorm. I was severely underdressed and the weather was so bad that even the locals and their mothers were miserable. But I remember I gave myself a little pep talk, reminding myself that I am Canadian and as such, I am used to the cold so I just had to suck it up put my brave face on, and not let this ruin my stay in Istanbul. After I gave myself that little pep talk, and once I paid for my entry visa at the airport, I then booked a hotel, which I was told was near all the main attractions. The hotel wasn't a big brand name. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't entirely great either. I made the best of it. I enjoyed my complimentary breakfast that included Kool-Aid and cucumbers. I took a shower, had a disco nap, and then I decided to venture into the city. I mentioned in my last podcast that when in Rome, do as the Romans do. So the million dollar question was, what do you do in Istanbul? I really want to get involved in an experience I read about on the plane. 
and that experience included Turkish baths. For those of you that have never been to a Turkish bath before, which is also known as a hammam, it's simply a bathhouse that people go to for a hydrotherapy treatment. This does wonders for your body. It reduces muscle tension, it can boost your immune system, and just provides you with a physical detox. To be honest, I wasn't there for the health benefits, I just wanted to go check it out. The travel magazine I was going through on my flight described the step-by-step Turkish bath experience. It basically started with you walking into the hammam where you'd be handed a cotton towel that you'd put around your waist before you ventured into the bath area. You'd then spend some time relaxing in the steam room where you'd lay down on a marble surface that was heated from the hot water below. I remember reading this part of the article that mentioned you'd be so relaxed that you'd sink into a moment of zen while listening to the echoes of running water. After a 15-minute sweat, you would then go on to enjoy a sultan's massage, followed by a smooth body scrub and ending the session with a rinse. With that description in mind, I was a man on a mission to find the Hagia Sophia Haram Sultan Hammam, which is still considered to this day as the top hammam in Istanbul, but it's also the most expensive one. That was okay though, because I'm a firm believer that you get what you pay for. After an hour or two of walking around the city, I realized that the map I picked up at the airport was completely useless to me and even worse I also realized that relying on my keen sense of direction was an epic failure because I was lost. It's not that I knew where I was in the first place but I just had a bad feeling. I took a wrong turn somewhere and things could go sideways if I didn't do something about it. With that in mind I asked for directions from a gentleman that was leaving a coffee shop. I can't remember his name but for the sake of the story let's call him Emre which means friend in in the Turkish language. Emre confirmed that the Hagia Sophia Haram Sultan Hammam was definitely overpriced. It was more like a tourist trap and I was nowhere near it. He continued by saying there was a local Turkish bath a couple blocks away. He was heading over there to enjoy a break and he'd be more than happy to show me the way. You know that little voice that pops up in the back of your mind to let you know that this is a really, really bad idea? Well, that voice was loud and clear because I was an obvious tourist in a foreign land and I was about to join a complete stranger to a Turkish bath. I mean, seriously, what could possibly go wrong, right? But I really want to go where the locals hung out, so against my better judgment, I decided to join Emre to the local Turkish bath. When we got to the Turkish hammam, I was assigned a locker to store my clothes and my personal belongings. I was given some sandals to wear in the bathhouse, but what caught me off guard was the towel I was given to wear around my waist was definitely not a man-sized towel. Maybe my mind was playing tricks on me, but I felt it was more like a dish towel or a tea towel at best. For that reason, I was a little concerned that it wouldn't be enough to cover Jim and the twins, if you know what I mean. I was thinking about saying something, but I didn't want to be difficult, so I just let it go. Once I managed to get the towel wrapped around me, I walked around with Emre, who acted like my tour guide. I admired the architecture, I learned more about the Turkish bath's history, and then we walked into the hot room where people were just sweating it out. So far, So good. Uh, So I thought. After 20 minutes of laying on the heated marble, I was informed that a massage would be taking place. I thought the massage was optional, to be honest. If you know me, you know I don't like being touched all that much. I'm a little neurotic. I just get super awkward and uncomfortable when people try to get too close to me, and I really get weirded out when they try to give me a massage without me knowing it. 
but I was at the hammam for the complete Turkish bath experience, so I just had to step out of my comfort zone and roll with the punches. Being the dumbass that I was at the time, I was hoping that a lovely Turkish woman would provide me with a massage. Well, that thought soon became a distant memory because the masseur, the gentleman who looked like he weighed 300 pounds and barely fit in his dish towel, was signaling for me to come over and lay down on the platform in the middle of the room. I really didn't want to do this, but I made my way over, laid on my stomach, holding on to my towel tightly around my waist for dear life. What wasn't cool is when I laid down on the platform, the people that were relaxing in the same room all got up and left at the same time. And this, to me, was like a bad scene from a prison movie. I've been shot at, I've almost drowned, I've been charged by a massive Rottweiler, but this was hands down the scariest moment in my life. The masseur gave me a massage which started with rubbing me down, but then soon turned into a beating. I don't even know how to describe what happened to me but basically the masseur stretched my calf muscles out and then snapped them back in he punched in my vertebrae and basically just treated me like a punching bag after what i felt like a lifetime he then asked me to roll over onto my back where he continued to just manhandle me when i thought things couldn't get any worse i was wrong it escalated when he poured hot water on me took out soap combined it with a washcloth which was made out of goat hair but it felt more like sandpaper and then he went on to scrub my body. The point of the scrubbing was to get the dead skin off me. Don't get me wrong he got the job done but the scrubbing was so intense that it also took the color out of my Hobbs tattoo. You can say that the masseur was on a mission to get the dead skin ink and anything in between off my body. The last stage came into play which I thought was the rinsing session. Having someone pour a bucket of water over me sure I can live with that. However I started to get bathed by the masseur. Oh I'm not kidding. He washed my body with soap and then to my utter shock i was put into a headlock and shampooed that was not part of the plan people because i am a grown man and i can bathe myself thank you very much as you can imagine i was definitely not in my element i may have blacked out for a couple minutes no doubt to find my happy place after i was released from the headlock and i regained my composure the masseur said his goodbyes and he mentioned i could stick around for a little longer if i wanted to relax i think that was the best advice at the time because I needed some time to really soak in what just happened to me. Once I came to terms with it, I walked out where I was handed a fresh towel on my way to the locker room. I took a shower, I went to my cubicle, I got dressed, and then I went to the front desk to pay. The guys at the front desk gave me some juice to get the electrolytes back into my body, but then I was told that Emre, that rat bastard, put his Turkish bath experience on my tab and he ghosted, which means he just left without saying goodbye or saying anything at all, to be honest. I can't say that I was happy about that, but in all fairness, it could have been a lot worse. Before I left the Turkish hammam, I made sure to get directions to get back to my hotel in one piece. I did the walk of shame, got to my room, packed my bags, and then I just made my way to the airport. When I thought the madness was done and dusted, of course there had to be a grand finale. While waiting at passport control, I was pulled out of the line for a random check, which Come on, let's be honest. I don't think it was so random because I looked miserable. I mean, I just got shampooed, 
by a 300-pound man. I had blood on my t-shirt from the Masore scrub of the ink out of my tattoo. And I was carrying a box with an ostrich egg shell in it, which was a gift for my parents. I was taken to an interrogation room, and once inside, I was asked what the purpose was for my visit to Istanbul. Let me tell you something, I did not hold back. I gave all the details because for starters, I really needed to share my misery with someone to get this off my chest. I'm not too sure what I was expecting by sharing my experience with the customs agents, but at some point in time during the story, they just stopped taking notes and started laughing. I mean, I was right there in the room when they openly laughed in my face about getting abused at the hands of a half-naked, beer-bellied mammoth of a man. Once they got the laughter out of their system, they brought me some bandages for my arm, expedited me through passport control, and got me to my gate so I could board my flight. Throughout the years, I made some great contacts in the travel and lifestyle industries. One of them is a good friend of mine called Attila, who's the owner of Marmara Tours, a company that specializes in unique experiences in Turkey. I discussed my Turkish bath experience with him, and he could not believe what I went through. He told me that the idea behind the scrubbing was not to unskin me or torture me, but to bring fresh skin to the surface. It should not have been too harsh. Actually, to the contrary, it should have been smooth soft and only a certain amount of scrubbing should have taken place followed by a full massage and then a body wash. Attila was convinced that the people at this particular Turkish hammam were just having a little fun at my expense because it's hard to believe that everyone would just get up and leave the room so that a 300 pound man in nothing but a dish towel would go on to torture me with a no holds barred cold blooded massage. Here are the lessons I learned. Lesson one, do not go to a country unprepared. It's risky and it could turn out very, very badly. Trust me, I know firsthand. There are a list of things to look into before traveling, but the obvious ones would be to make sure that you have a valid passport. Look into whether you need a visa to enter a country. Inquire about any travel restrictions related to COVID. Pinpoint where all the main attractions are located and learn more about them so that you know what to expect. Lesson two, there's absolutely no mixing at Turkish hammams. These baths are entirely cultural, so there are hours or sections in the Turkish baths dedicated to men and hours or sections dedicated to women. Gentlemen, there will be no lovely Turkish ladies giving you a massage. I apologize for dropping that reality check on you, but it just had to be done. While I'm pointing out the Turkish hammam etiquette, this goes for both sexes. You are now allowed to strip naked and go in full monty. This is a bathhouse not a news colony, so keep your towel, no matter how small it is, around you at all times. Lesson three, I think this is the most important one. A Turkish massage is nothing like a Southeast Asian or Scandinavian massage. You're not going to get a sensual deep tissue massage. The idea behind any massage is to help you relax and loosen up your muscles, but the Turkish version is much more different because it can be so brutal that it could very well knock you into the middle of next week. What else did I learn from this? I think it's funny that the Turkish bath experience still reminds me to this day that I have the ability to laugh at myself. Life has a messed up way of teaching us new things. Whether it's through our travels or just everyday life, we're all going to hit a snag at some point in time. So all I can say is figure it out, own your decisions, laugh at the consequences, and share your misadventures, no matter how ridiculous they may be, for others to enjoy and 
to learn from. What I went through happened a long time ago and it wasn't all that serious, but I still grew from this by learning to adapt to uneasy situations, doing research before diving into a decision and eventually building a great network of contacts in every country to ensure that I can help others immerse into a destination's culture without them having to deal with any headaches. So there you go. That's my story. I want to give Attila a shout out for taking the time to explain how Turkish baths came to be, for shedding some light on what I should have expected during my hammam experience, and of course for providing me with some ideas on what I should check out next time I visit Istanbul. For those of you that are listening, of course I always appreciate you taking the time to check out this podcast. To make sure that I give people what they want, feel free to leave reviews to let me know how you feel about this show. I joke a lot because I believe that laughter is the best remedy for any situation. And you'll notice from this episode that I'm not one to shy away from my mistakes. But I'm as serious as a heart attack when it comes to helping others reach their travel goals. If you have any stories you want to share, if you have any questions or you need help organizing experience to capture all the major highlights of style, then feel free to reach out by going to the Frill Style contact page at www.thefrillstyle.com. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy wherever you are and make sure to join me for another one-upper episode at the same bat time at the same bat channel.